listening to the Faithology Podcast with John Barrett, where you'll hear great ideas, interviews, and inspiration to help maximize your spiritual growth. Hey guys, I'm John Barrett. Thanks for listening to the Faithology Podcast today. I am excited that you are here, and hopefully you're going to level up your faith by hearing some great content, a great interview that we've got for you today with a good friend of mine, Benjamin Hampton. This guy's an overcomer. He's an encourager, a great friend. I enjoy connecting with him as often as I can and uh, on Skype and us being able to connect. So I'm excited for you guys to be able to hear him. Hopefully you guys are letting other people know about the Faithology podcast so that they can tune in and get some great content. If this is your first time listening, make sure you go back and listen to the other previous episodes and get some good stuff so that you can get your faith to a whole new level. Guys, before we jump into the interview today, I want to read Romans 8, 31 through 39. Paul said this, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But Paul says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Guys, you are an overcomer, and I want you to know that today so that you can level up your faith and all that God has for you. Let's check out this interview with Benjamin today. Hey guys, I am here with my good friend, Benjamin Hampton, all the way from Samoa. How do you say that, Benjamin? How do you say where you are at? American Samoa. Samoa. That's it. I knew I was going to mess it up, man. I was thinking like Samoa is like the Girl Scout cookies. You know, those like coconut flavored, uh, yep, yep. just goodness, man. So now is that like related with, with where it you're is, at? It is actually. It is actually to an extent, yes. Wow. Well, listen, guys. Benjamin Hampton is on the call with me today. He's going to add value to you guys, and he's just a great friend. Benjamin, we met... Gosh, I don't know, what was it, maybe two or three years ago or so? Yes. Yeah, something like that. And we're uh, we're both on the John Maxwell team as coach, speakers, and trainers, and we connected through that organization. But then uh, you were living in Pensacola at the time, and my family, we were on vacation down in Destin. And so we had talked on Facebook, we had connected online, but we had never met in person. But then when our family was in Destin, you came up and you met us. Your family came and met my family. We went out to P.F. Chang's that night, man. That was good stuff. (laughs) And uh, we had a great time just connecting in person. In fact, I'll never forget... Uh, you had your your kids with you. I had I had our our kids with us, and we went out on the porch there after we ate, and we had a little worship service out there, man, didn't we? 
I mean, you we sure you, did, man. Yeah, you brought a guitar, and uh, we we <laughs> sat right there at PF Chang's, man, singing worship songs together. Yeah, and uh, in Good fact, times. yeah, you even uh, before we left, man, we had a little prayer service there as well, and uh, we yeah. were just praying for each other and that. But uh, guys, Benjamin is is a great friend, just a great guy. I'm telling you, this guy's an overcomer. I can remember Benjamin when we first talked on the phone, and uh, the very first time I think you had reached out to me and connected with me. And, uh, and we had talked on the phone, and gosh, we probably talked an hour and a half the first time that, that we even connected. And uh, yeah. we just kind of hit it off. You told me your story, and I was so fascinated by just where you've come from. But, but I don't want to take up any time because I know you've got a lot to share about really being an overcomer. You know, the, the Bible talks about the Apostle Paul said that we are more than overcomers. You know, we, we are more than conquerors. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And in the midst of adversity, in the midst of so many challenges, you know, when our faith goes to a new level, we can overcome. And Benjamin, you've got a great story of overcoming and just some great things that you're going to add value to. So I want to hand it over to you, bro, and just kind of share with us your story, Benjamin, of of just some things that you've been through and how you've overcome in your life. Sure, John. Yeah, just to start off here, the thing that resonated with me that caused me to reach out to you to begin with was the mention that you had made in a in a post uh, on Facebook regarding being a hope dealer. Yeah. And the word hope has been, uh, if you will, a, a word for me that has had great meaning in in the last years of my life, and um, probably the movie that is a metaphor for how I felt and how I know many people out there feel because of different reasons in their life is the movie Castaway with Tom Hanks. Yeah. And people out there as, as well as myself have, have gone through or are going through things where they feel isolated. They, they feel that there's no one around that they can connect with or talk to. They don't have anyone that could truly understand where they're coming from. No one's walked in their shoes. They're going through odd circumstances or strange events. And that's definitely how I felt for many years. Uh, but the word hope has been something I've, I've, cl- I've clung to uh, just as he clung to his Wilson during that time and that's some right. of the trinkets that he, that he had from the plane that sort of helped him keep the, keep hope alive that he would someday leave the Island. And, um, you know, the, as as believers, the the word hope for us is not a hope, as in I hope maybe something will come. It's a knowing hope. The challenge that I have, and the the thing I want to encourage people with today through this story is that we have a knowing hope that is a sure a sure kind of hope. And the timing as to how long it takes to realize that hope is the challenge that is sometimes the struggle to get through. That's like right. okay, how many how many more years do I have to go through these questions or this wondering, or wandering, um, and just being able to rest in the fact that there is indeed a purpose for the journey. There is indeed a purpose for the pain that we're in or the struggle, and uh, that's that's what I've learned the most I think through this time is is just the basic uh, basic framework that everyone must go through I believe as we learn and as we grow. And uh, that's actually the subject of a first series of books that I never anticipated being in me whatsoever. But as I've been around other thought leaders and people who are creating content for people to benefit from, 
it's a framework that's come up very clear and it's, it's definitely centered around that word hope yes and that's why that's why you resonated with me so clearly when we first met and uh, uh you know, it's based on the quote uh by napoleon bonaparte leaders are dealers in hope that's right well yeah. and i think you know being faith-filled hope and faith have such a, a connection with each other and in to be a Christian without hope is sort of an oxymoron, right? It just doesn't make sense because truly the hope that we have is in Christ. And, you know, the Bible says in Jeremiah that God has a future. He has plans for us. And and hope's yeah. a, such a huge thing. Now, Benjamin, you you went through a time in your life, a pretty dark time, a pretty rough time in, in your past. You know, tell us, how did you find hope in the midst of, kind of tell us a little bit about maybe your darkest time if you will, and and how you came out of that and found hope, just like you were saying, so many people just feel isolated. They feel maybe hopeless. They feel like you know there's no way out. How long am I going to go through this? How did that happen in in your life? What was your darkest time, and how did you sure. sort of get out of that? When I was 18 years old, sort of out of nowhere, I was given a diagnosis that I was told would never be changed. And it was in the realm of mental illness, so-called. And I say so-called because due to my health journey since then, I've been able to get rid of what I was told would never be uh, my constant companion, uh, or would, yeah. would, would always be my constant companion. And uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And out of nowhere, seem, seemingly out of nowhere, I had a, a period of where I didn't sleep for 72 hours straight hospitalization uh, occurred after they did every test on me they could to make sure there wasn't a, a brain tumor or something going on uh, that was causing these symptoms and I was relegated to a mental health ward where I stayed for 23 days and felt like uh, 23 months as each day dragged by and was there being experimented on essentially with different drugs that were uh, being used to try to change the symptoms I was experiencing. And as many people who have been down this path know, they really don't have an exact science as to what medications or drugs will affect a person depending on their individual chemistry. Mm -hmm. So they have to kind of test one thing and then test another and see how you respond. And because of that testing, I, for, for the first time in my life, experienced what depression feels like. The drugs that they put me on uh, dropped me so low uh, on the scale. They, they have essentially a scale where they say, okay, here's baseline where, in quotes, a normal person would be emotionally and mentally. There's the, the upper end of the scale, which is the manic side. And then there's the lower side of the scale, which is the depressed side. So when they say someone is bipolar, they're essentially saying that you will experience extreme highs and extreme lows, neither of which is normal. And their goal is to try to bring someone to a baseline through drugs and through uh, therapies, and but primarily the drugs. And so the drugs I was initially on really put me in the depressed mode for a good, a good you know, four or five days, which, man, I can't imagine living there um, for longer than that. I understand why people would feel suicidal and feel it's a, a benefit after dealing with it for yeah. weeks and months and years for many people. So it was a tough time, and during, the during that time I had a lot of questions, but as, 
as people have been in a similar situation may may relate to there was there seemed like God had just totally clammed up on me and there was nothing nothing coming from his direction to towards my spirit that that said anything specific as to why I was dealing with what I was dealing with what the reasons were uh, what was going to come as an outgrowth of that and so th that was the biggest challenge probably was in the midst of this trial it seemed like all of a sudden that connection had been severed yeah and you don't and, even yeah like why is this happening like God's being right. silent almost yeah it's like God I, I know I don't need you to be silent in this area yeah. I need you to really <laughs> yeah. speak speak loudly you. yeah yeah and it and it could be just one word it could just be hey relax this is for a purpose don't worry but there wasn't even that yes so that became a, a tough a tough thing to deal with and the silence continued um, after leaving the hospital uh, f thankfully getting out and, and being out in society again uh, it was a good it was a good 12 years really mm -hmm. um, I would say that that uh, that silence continued in that particular area now he spoke clearly in other areas but that particular area he was silent in so a lot of questions a lot of wrestling a lot of a lot of ruminating on the whys and the what's and Eventually, I just stopped asking why, but yet at the same time, I had this kind of black cloud hanging over me that I was told, hey, if you get married and have children, this will be passed on to them, and I'm thinking, okay, how do, how do I get into an intimate relationship with someone without telling them about this sure. label that I've given, and how many of us have labels that we've either given ourselves or that people have put on us, you know, label of a failure, label of... Uh, you know, a screw up, a, you know, a, a, a bad person, you know, you, and think of so many labels that people, people pick up through their lifetime. And I had that label, that medical label hanging over me that said, you're broken. You are not fixable. And you're broken in a way that people can't see necessarily, but because of this diagnosis, you can expect at any point in time to sort of go over the edge and you can expect to be in a hospital every four or five years and you can expect to be on medication the rest of your life and that medication to change and when the medication changes you need to be hospitalized during that change period so you don't injure yourself or others so I'm looking at wow. this this life that's being yeah, forecast to me to and I'm thinking this yeah. is this is not this is not the the life that I ever envisioned as a young man moving forward this is in an area that I never even knew existed I'd heard of people, you know, being put in psych wards, but I never was ever, ever near one, didn't know what that looked like. And I'd heard of people being, you know, put in uh, restraints and tied down to a, a bed, which actually happened to me when I was in there. Um, at one point, I was strapped down for about 28 hours wow. in full restraints, couldn't even move. And that, that definitely messes with your head. I mean, I, th I thought prior to that I was doing great. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Wait a second! Something's yeah. not right here. Yeah, this is what is happening. This isn't going well. <laughs> this is not. This is really happening. This is strange. So, wow. you know, you go through things like that, and you carry that inside of you, and you you wonder what is it for, and and what, how am I going to help anybody with this? You know, no one can relate to this. I've never heard a story quite like this, and perhaps the reason for that is that people like myself that have gone through it never talk about it." And it is a common thing. And if you look in the, the statistics, I believe a uh, little over 50% of the United States population is, is using some form of 
psychiatric uh, drug to cope with things they've been diagnosed with, whether it be ADD, ADHD, bipolar disorder, uh, depression. So it's a very common thing, actually. Yeah. But um, obviously not not well not well published per se, sure. as far as people getting free from these issues. So, how but there did, is hope yeah. free from it. And how did you, Benjamin? You know, when you're going through this for so many years, and and these thoughts, and these you know, sort of this limit in your life, feeling like you've been labeled, and that's just who you are. You're going to have to deal with this. I'm never going to be able to be maybe intimate or, or share this stuff, and you know, all these thoughts. How, in the midst of that? Did you find hope and not just want to give up and throw in the towel and say, that's it, I'm done. I, I just, you know, this is who I am and I'm, I'm just going to settle here and, and live under the radar, if you will. Well, thankfully, John, before that point in time, I'd had some, some experiences and some things in my life that I could not get away from. And they were they were truths. They were guide po- guideposts, if you will, mm-hmm. lighthouses in the midst of this fog and this haze that I could, that I could anchor myself to. And in spite of the fact I had no specific reasons as to why I was dealing with what I was dealing with, I just basically in my mind said, "Okay, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why it's happening, but I am going to." just rest in the fact that I have been given promises both in the Word of God and personally that are much bigger than whatever I'm going through so I'm gonna have to at some point get through this somehow and figure out what it means And in the meantime there are things I know that I'm supposed to do and I'm supposed to continue and I know I'm supposed to be a follower of Christ I know that I'm supposed to love others I know that I'm supposed to serve others. Mm-hmm. And so while there may be many things I know, or I, I should say many things I don't know, there are also many things I do know and can yes. continue in regardless of these things that are uncertain right now. That's good. I love what you said about these um, you know, anchors and these lighthouses in the midst of, of, of that storm in your life. And that's so vital, man. I think you know, so many people don't have an anchor. They don't have that truth, whether that's a relationship with God. That's the ultimate truth. That's the ultimate anchor. But even, you know, people, were there people in your life at that point who were some anchors for you? Were you surrounded by some people? My family was very much there in my corner and still are Yeah. in spite of the challenges. And, of course, they were the only ones for the longest time that even knew anything about it. Um, being in a small town at the time, a lot of my uh, small town friends were th- sort of threatened by uh, by me in a way. They felt odd and strange. There was a the psych ward was located on the seventh floor in the hospital, and I'd heard from time to time whispered uh, conversations of, "Oh yeah, did you hear about so and so? They're on the seventh floor." Mm-hmm. So it's like this mysterious place that you know didn't yeah. know what went on there, uh, and I thought. Well, I don't know. I don't know what that seventh floor place is, but I never want to be there. And then come to find out, as I'm in these restraints and I'm having nurses and doctors come and talk to me and You're wondering what's happening, floor, huh? I'm on the seventh floor. Yeah. Like, wait a second, I'm on the seventh floor. What? <laughs> what's happening now? Sure. Things are really, really out of out <laughs> How of. How did whack. I get here? How did this happen? Yeah. So yeah, there was being in a small town, and some people I'm sure can relate to this as well. You you have now uh, 
a stigma over you. And that was one of the things that was challenging to me because I had a lot of people I was connected with closely, but I sort of felt shunned after that. And conversations weren't quite the same. And, you yeah. know, people didn't want to, didn't quite know how to ask, well, how are you doing? Because if you see somebody's got a broken arm and they're in a cast for a while and the cast goes away, you, you can say, well, it looks like that arm's doing great. But how does someone ask you about, you know, how, how's your, uh, I don't know, your mental state, uh, your emotional, I don't even know how to ask this. So they want to know, but they can't really ask. They don't know how to ask. And you can't really tell and you can't really share anything because they don't even have a clue how to relate sure. to that. So it was it was a challenge. So the really family was the only one there. I had a couple other people who uh, I looked up to as mentors and and um, I guess you could say role models in my life that were there. But really, it was very a very lonely time. And sure. as I left home shortly after that and went to college, uh, no one knew my story, and I could kind of have a fresh start. But at the same time, I had this big internal struggle going on all the time and anytime there was a free space at times free moment uh, that was there I was constantly going back and struggling through the why's and, and what next the what next was probably the biggest thing after I got over asking why and not having an answer I thought well okay at least tell me what next yeah and what do what I do next, with this yeah <laughs> what next didn't come till about four years ago John and uh, met you shortly after that and uh, God's used John Maxwell's teaching and other mentors and thought leaders like yourself to bring clarity to what next and how to take a totally screwed up situation and bring beauty to it and see the hope come back and come full circle and begin to come to a place where I can serve others with my story and can serve others uh, to know that, hey, I've been through some crazy stuff. I know you've been through some crazy stuff. But the bottom line is there is an end to the craziness and there will be a reason for the craziness and there will be people you can serve out of the crazy times that you never could have had you not been through that. That's good. And that's the hope I want to share with people today is that no matter what your situation is, no matter how bizarre it may seem, no matter how dissimilar to anyone else's story around you, you can feel like a freak in the room because you're like, okay, there, there's nobody around that that understands what I'm going through. There probably isn't, okay? But there is one who does, and he is the architect, he is the designer, he is the one who has created you with a purpose and a plan. And that plan may have holding patterns in it like I've experienced for 12 years and even longer, okay? But just know there is, not just in the afterlife, but there is in this life a reason for what you're going through. There is a reason and a purpose and you can indeed create beauty out of this during your life that will be overflowing into the lives of others around you. People who you've never even met and have, have no idea what their story is. But when you begin to share it, when you're willing to open up and be transparent with your, with your hurts, if you will, those hurts can, can bring healing to others. Even if you're in the middle of kind of struggling through it and sort of dealing with baggage and, and issues, you can indeed serve others and help others through that. That's good. So Benjamin, just kind of coming down the home stretch here a little bit, you know, you, you mentioned the, the, the seventh floor and what came to my mind is there's so many people that feel like they're on the seventh floor, you know, whether whatever <laughs> that is in their life, you know, the, the seventh floor of this issue or that issue or this circumstance or whatever, just kind of real quick. You know, and, and, and you gave us some encouragement there, but 
help if, if someone finds themselves on the seventh floor, so to speak, what are some things that they need to hold on to right now? What are some tips? What are some things that you would speak to them that how they can overcome if they're on that seventh floor today, listening to this right now, what would you say to those people? Having gone through this time, I've, I've had a couple writers and quotes come, come into life that really resonate with me. And, and one of them, uh, to paraphrase, is never doubt in the dark what God has revealed to you in the light. Mm, and that's good. Those are, that speaks to some of the anchors and some of the guides that I had going into this that I said, listen, I don't know about this. I don't know about that. But I do know I am supposed to be this. I do know I'm supposed to do that. And every day I had to get up and focus on those things, those areas that I knew I could do something with and just believe that eventually the other things would either work themselves out or there would be some clarity there. And just to continue on doing the things you know you need to do and should be doing trusting that there is a, a greater purpose behind it. And I can tell you, having been in the midst of it and coming on the other side, there really, really is. And I've, I've met so many people who, while they haven't had the exact experience I have, have had similar ones where they have had a time they've gone through and they are on the other side. Awesome, Benjamin. Such good stuff to encourage people with. You know, I heard a statement years ago that said, you know, if God is being silent, so to speak, then just hold on to the last thing that he told you to do. And sure. hold on to that until you get your next orders. And it could be years and years and years or whatever down the line. <laughs> we don't know why and, and, and all that stuff. But you know what? Sometimes we don't have to know the why. We just have to hold on to that hope. And, and that's the anchor in the storm. And uh, Benjamin, man, you're, you're doing so many great things. Um, just You're such an encourager. You're an overcomer. And um, listen, if, if there's people out there, Benjamin, that just want to get a hold of you, maybe they've got questions, maybe they just want to, they need some encouragement, and they're just looking for someone maybe to share their story with, or, or find hope or whatever, how can people get connected with you, Benjamin? What, what's the best way for them to kind of reach out to you and, and, and do that? Sure. Well, I, I'm easily found on Facebook. Just you can look, look me up on, with my name, Benjamin Hampton. Um, I'd be happy to connect with people there and uh, funnel through email or Skype or other things after that connecting point or whatever is convenient for them. That'd be the easiest way. Awesome. And I know down the road you've got some big plans. I know you're working on some projects and some things with, with being a hope dealer and all that. Very excited about that. Um, man, we're going to be praying for you for doors to open more and more and more. Uh, is, is you are that hope dealer, man. That That's the word, man. That's what you are. You are an overcomer and you're a hope dealer. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you sharing your story with us today and, and and just sharing some of those dark times and being real open about that. I know that's that's not easy sometimes, but also to share that hope that, that, you know, when you don't know what's going on, there is one that does it. His name is Jesus. And he is our anchor in the storm. He is our everything. He is our hope. He's our salvation. He, he's our strength. He's our peace in the midst of all things. So, Benjamin, it's so great yeah. having you on the show, my friend. And, uh, man, we're going to have you on again for sure. And I know you got so many things to share and uh, so many other things that, that God's put in your heart and things that, that you do. I know that you've got uh, some health coaching, and, and there's a lot of wisdom that you've got there. 
Um, we know with just helping people out holistically in their lives, spiritually, but also physically with their health and those kind of things. So, But we'll definitely keep you in the midst of uh, this podcast and things. But Benjamin, thanks so much for being on early. I mean, this is early for you. You got up at like four this morning or something, didn't you? <laughs> Hey, I'm committed, brother. I'm committed. That's right. In Samoa, right? Say, say, Mo. How do you say it again? <laughs> Samoa. Samoa. All right, <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> great to have you, buddy, for being on the show. And we'll see you again here real soon. All right. Thanks, John. It's very pleasure's all mine, my friend. Yes. Well, guys, that's my good friend Benjamin Hampton sharing with you guys about his life, how he overcame, and how he found those anchors and those lighthouses in his life. And I want to encourage you guys, if you find yourself on the seventh floor today, so to speak, where you're going through challenges and you don't know what's going on, it's a place you never wanted to be. I want you to know that Christ is your anchor in the storm. You hold on to hope and you hold on to faith today. That's the one thing that gets you through all things is holding on to faith. It truly is an anchor in the storm. It truly is a lighthouse. In fact, when Jesus was on the water, and the storm came and the disciples came to him freaking out he said peace be still and he said you have little faith so guys don't be someone of little faith but be someone of big faith faith that says i will stand even when i'm on the seventh floor even when i'm at a place i don't want to be i'm gonna let faith be my guide and faith be my anchor and faith be my strength the name of the lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and they are safe. Guys, thanks for tuning in to Faithology today. Have an awesome, awesome day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Faithology podcast. To get more of John's resources, visit his website at www.johnbarrettblog.com.